Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars, and this week, the Talbot Matra Rancho. Um, I need to start this show with a couple of apologies. Um, the first one is, you know, last week I was talking about how my Land Rover Defender had wounded me when combined with a sprightly run and had knackered my left calf because it's heavy clutch yeah clutch clutch calf um which sounds like a a kind of very small leather bag that a lady might carry (laughs) to a a formal event but uh yeah in my case just sort of agonizing so anyway i i you know i've been stretching and rolling out of the calf and just generally not running looking after it and all felt fine went for a little run uh, no problems, so started just sort of going running again as and when. And then yesterday morning, went for a bit of a brisk, early doors run, beautiful morning, crisp, cool air, sun was shining, it was lovely. And um, and my bloody calf went. But the other one, the right one, which leads me to think that it wasn't really related to my defender, it was related to being uh, an old fucker who shouldn't be running about so much. Hang on a minute, are you apologising publicly to your own car? Because that's the I impression that, that I'm I am. getting. Yes. I suppose I'm, I'm yes, yes I am. Which, and, is, and which such, is a little odd. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. Can I, can I just claw it back by just saying that I don't, like I don't call cars she, you know, in that way that... No, I don't. Burks do okay. sometimes. Oh, she's got some grunts. What'll she do? It's not a woman. It's a car. You tipped. Yeah, uh, my, yeah. My, my daughter keeps asking which cars of ours, are, uh, what gender they might may or may not be. And yes, I'm but just, she's a child. That's she okay. Is, the, 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 there is a caveat. Yeah, she is definitely a child. Children not, not anthropomorphize things all the time. That's all right, but then they yeah. should grow out of it. They shouldn't be a fifty-seven-year-old man who's going, "Oh, she's got a bit of poke." Um, so there's yeah, one exception the... to that rule. Go on. Traction engines, steam traction engines. I feel mm. like they are old enough and strange enough. <laughs> they are strange, aren't they? They're so beautifully strange um, because. They just look like a, 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 an industrial revolution factory on wheels, <laughs> and that's why I think they're brilliant. Um, so I almost think that they they are allowed to be called a he or a she because they often have names like a like a steam train. They're called, yeah, they do, I don't, don't they? Know. Yeah, they're called Delilah Sovereign or something. Yeah, <laughs> Bet- <laughs> Betsy Collins. Yeah, Who? what? Eh? Hmm. Uh, I always associate uh, traction engines sort of somehow with being a kid, not not because. You know, I grew up in the Industrial Revolution so much that there used to be there used to be a traction engine rally near where I grew up. Yeah, me and we'd too. Go and see it when we were kids. I guess there were. It just feels like I haven't seen a sign for a traction engine rally for like thirty years. But I feel like there was one every week when I was little. As soon as one is allowed to be put on again, can we make a pact that we go? Well, and we take we take a camera or a microphone with us. But under the sort of current guidance, I don't see why one couldn't happen because they're pretty socially distanced. Because most of the people who run traction engines are kind of loners, and <laughs> all that steam <laughs> might be quite cleansing. There's don't also you think? well, and also because um, these machines are coal hungry, there's I've noticed there's a colossal amount of bo being bandied around. Yeah. Yeah, if it's a weekend keeps, keeps event, keeps a distance. Yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> in week- the summer as well, it's a summer weekend event, and most of them have caravans which don't have their own shower or toilet facilities. So you're like, oh well, there's just going to be some amazing industrial revolution bobo going on here. It's yeah, would brilliant. it would it kill you to just do a wet wipe shower or something <laughs> in your caravan? First? Well, I mean, they're blithering on about the heat wave happening this week. So if we could crack on and get something organised for this coming weekend, then. Um, That'd be smashing. That bloody um, would. Actually, I had a double win on the traction engine front because 
I grew up in the northwest, and occasionally um, Fred Dibner would turn up to oh Nation rallies. In fact, wow. we saw him once on the road. We saw him in Mobley, which is really? a village in Cheshire, yeah. going long on a traction engine. Just it was really out. exciting. Yeah, I don't know. He'd probably just go and get the paper or something. Did, did he used to have, like, um, groupies who were probably men and women, actually, of a certain age? Yeah, I'm going to say mostly men. Like, yeah. where Tom Jones was getting knickers thrown at him, I think probably... Um, Fred Dibner. What was Fred getting? Uh, reading glasses, <laughs> pints of real ale, cigarette cards, flat caps, loads yeah. of flat caps. Oh, he, could, he ended up he ended up just just selling them on a stall at yeah. weekends because he had so many of them they'd been thrown. Um, How do we describe said, this to our to any listeners who are not from the UK? What, or Fred who Dibner are under thirty. Where do you start? Like imagine know. the most northern man you've ever imagined in your life. That's him. And also, he once... I watched a documentary about him once on the TV and he said the most hauntingly sad thing I've ever heard in my life. And it's lived with me. This was like 20-odd years ago and it's lived with me ever since. He was describing how his wife left him. And he's being interviewed about this uh, on camera. And he said, Well, yeah, I went to go and get some parts from a man in Macclesfield and when I got back, she were gone. And I just, I was well, like, and that—that's it. Yeah, but I didn't I've even know his wife had left him. From a man in Macclesfield, it's like Victoria Wood couldn't write a line that hauntingly sad. <laughs> yeah, sort of so sparse and functional, and it's it just oh, it makes me so sad for him. And he seemed all right about it, but that's probably because you know he was married to the machinery. He really was. It's a good and name I, for his I, autobiography if he was. Still, oh. still with us. I wonder, has he got an autobiography? He must have an autobiography. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. He for did. context, I've just realised as well. If we are explaining Fred Dibner, um, he uh, he was actually a um, uh, what do you call them? The people who bring chimneys St- down. St- steeple. Oh, well, he was steeple a steeple jack. Yeah. He was a demolition expert, and that was what he became notorious for um, in the papers and uh, you know on, on national news and stuff. Because he'd yeah. bring down all these big old industrial chimneys, but he was always quite sad about bringing them down because he had a massive aff- affiliation with, um, with I suppose, the old mills and the Industrial Revolution era. Yeah. Um, so on the one hand, he was great at like felling a chimney and not killing people around him. On the other hand, he he didn't really want to fell it in the first place. <laughs> so and he did he constantly oh. did he smoke a pipe. Yeah, or, I think he might. I have think done. he was a proper pipe smoker, and his face was always black with coal dust and. I feel uh, like just general detritus. Uh, because he was a, you know, a Lancastrian bloke of a certain age, I feel he probably wasn't prone, at least publicly, to introspection. You know, he was very much a no-nonsense sort of oh, guy. He was, but if yeah, if he had been, um, you could have made a really solid interesting documentary or, or book out of what you've just described Dibner's dilemma he must destroy what he loves I think Fred Dibner in a world now where sadly it seems that um, and this is quite serious um, male suicide seems to be really on the up especially younger men you know men under 40 yeah I actually think someone like Dibner if he was still alive someone with his his temperament could be like a really good counselling buddy because he'd just tell it like it is. And he'd almost make you go, yeah, actually, why am I doing that? Why am I thinking that? Yeah, let's just yeah, let's just crack on. And let's make I, a fire in the garden. And, it's and a then, good point, isn't it? I feel yeah. like Fred Dibner's the kind of bloke who, after knowing him for barely a few minutes, he would, he would manage to make me cry with his warmth and uh, no-nonsense advice. Definitely. He's just... Can you imagine him putting his arm around you? He's made you a brew. And, and, he, and he puts his arm around you and says, don't worry, don't worry, it's going to be all right. And then you go out and you make a fire. And you sit by the fire. And for a while, you don't really say anything. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, well, it, I, I can imagine if you turned up at a steam rally and, and you were with Fred Dibner, it would be like just turning up to the Glastonbury Festival with... Keith Richards just casually <laughs> and, and, and just it's stopping the entire events dead and I'm or, saying that because I'm sat about three miles away from Glastonbury as I speak so I'm feeling quite 
Um, oh, yeah, because you're in Zorazad. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a rented house, you know, like a holiday let thing, with very thin windows, and uh, it's near a road, and uh, <laughs> it's not. I, I think it's because my wife's in the other room. I, f- I feel like it's not f- unfair to say it wasn't as described. <laughs> 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 I was hoping for some more idyll, and um, what I'm getting is a lot of TDI. Actually, in the morning, a lot of TDI. Yeah, there's because I forgot. I haven't lived in Somerset since I was eighteen. I forgot. I think Somerset people do like a thrifty diesel. There, there's a lot of rural communities, and they do like you know a hardy, clattery, <laughs> um, long-lasting diesel. Mm. There's a lot of them about, and there was one <laughs> this morning. It went past. I had to chuckle. It's a Citroen C5 Estate. And it was, it would have been HDI, right? Wouldn't it? I think probably. Yeah. Um, it yeah. went, it went by, and you couldn't see anything after it. Uh. A- a- anything, but it was white smoke. So I think engine failure is nigh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's not okay. Yeah, that's just that's just failure on was, the horizon, isn't it? It was. It, I I I I did chuckle, but at the same time, I thought, oh, that smoke link is lingering for a really long time. It's not just three seconds and it's gone. It's not that kind of smoke. <laughs> I was oh, and it's got an acrid quality to it. it. Really gets in the back of your throat if you breathe it in as well. Horrible. Um, I was wondering about this the other day, and um, uh, what, what currently is the worst driven car on British roads? And I sort of feel like it's still the Citroen Picasso in all its many varieties. What the original, the Zara Picasso, the the, the Zara Picasso yeah. particularly. You see yeah. all manner of fuckwittery from those, you know, and it's very easy people go, oh, it's Audis, it's BMWs, and it's like, no, it's not. It hasn't been BMWs for years. And Audis, yes, there's a lot of actually, there is a lot driving. of blendery in Audis, I think, a lot yeah. of blendery, but but just bad driving, like that sort of almost an Audi up your ass is willfully bad driving, whereas. Zara Picassos you see being driven in a manner which suggests that the driver has simply no idea how much they're inconveniencing other people or putting them on edge by their inability to stay in a lane or indicate or you know that thing that people do when they're just so crappingly stupid and selfish that they just stop wherever they feel like because Oh, Whatever yeah. they're thinking about and doing is the biggest issue in the world, except it isn't. Well, that's what some that's what certain people do in the doorway of a supermarket. So you know, you get yes. your, you get your list out your pocket, or you get your phone out with your list on, but they stop right in the actual doorway to look down at the list and go, right, first things first, cabbage, okay, and it's like you're in the middle of the doorway. No one can walk around you. Everyone's got to wait for you to look at your list. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I always feel like you know it's a Zara it, Picasso's are interesting. I mean, I like Zara Picasso's because I think they're wonderfully utilitarian. Um, hmm. And um, there's a there's a one of our friends who drops their kids off at school has one, and it's properly worn and baggy, a bit like some very comfortable slippers. And she makes <laughs> no bones about it. She's like, I got, it owes me nothing. It won't die. I, I like it. I don't like I, I I love I don't like the fact that you know people drive around they feel they've got to peacock with I don't know pr- you know displaying their wealth with their vehicle yeah and she bucks that trend however but also the Zara Picasso is now synonymous with Ronnie Pickering the internet sensation slightly gammon man yeah <laughs> but he typifies the Zara Picasso driver because he's obviously a tit so he's <laughs> and that's unfair I think that's the I think actually. Zara Picasso drivers aren't tits. I think they're just... It was really good car casting, whether deliberately or not, that they gave uh, Uncle Bryn in Gavin and Stacey a Zara Picasso. Yes. Because he's exactly the kind of well-meaning sort of chap who knows absolutely bugger all about cars and is probably, by extension a fairly hopeless driver because he's sort of not interested in it and it's something he does to get around. But he has a sort of jolly can-do attitude towards something that he's conspicuously incompetent at. And and he very much sort of sums (laughs) up the spirit of Zara Picasso for me based on the the stuff that you see out on the roads. Not so much around where I live, weirdly. It's almost like there's pockets of them. Because I was down in Kent um, and there seems to be quite a lot. There's a few round here and there I would say there's... um, there's two types. There's either um, 
it was bought in bad condition anyway and it's going to be run into the ground and probably there's a lot of dogs in yeah. the end. <laughs> you know, yes. sort of, you know, a really quite downtrodden dog car. And then there's the yeah. other one where it's it's functional but um, driven by quite an earth mother. Um, oh yes, I've yeah. I sort, sort of, of a woman that she lots of natural products and enjoys interesting uh, drapey kind of clothes. Yeah, a lot you know of very I mean. long skirts. Yeah, and those very small Indian chimes on uh, as a bangle around the wrist. Yeah, yeah, and maybe a dream catcher hanging from the rearview <laughs> mirror. Now I sort see of. you on that one, and I know the kind of person you're identifying here but i'm going to say that uh in for them car wise picasso is beaten by Bolingo. oh Bolingo! i think they're quite they would orientate towards a Bolingo because it's got a little bit of the spirit of a renault 4 or a 2cv about it it does and and those cars always sort of seem to draw you know sort of what we what people might have once sort of said it's like hippie-ish kind of kind of people you know very yeah. sort of earth mothery yeah laid backy sort of well it's a um, producty new age traveler but n- who's realized that you have to have a fixed abode now because it's just otherwise <laughs> it's just really difficult to register for stuff so um I, th- yeah it's exactly like the bilingo and there'd be and, and the cubbies would be stuffed with all manner of homeopathy <laughs> all, all manner of it would, wouldn't it? You know, all those cubbies above your head. So, if you basically, if you did a really fast reverse and then put the brakes on, you'd just be showered with got tiny bottles of oils, just little raining down on you, just oils and and homeopathy to stop hay fever and little handkerchiefs that are hand stitched and all sorts. <laughs> um, I just also to pick up on something you just said about. Uh, Zara Picasso's as battered dog wagons. I think we have to be clear that it's always multi-dog, never just one dog, unless it's no. a simply enormous dog. And even then, there's probably two of them. But oh, usually, oh. it's a multi-dog, and the driver is wearing a fleece that, on closer <laughs> inspection, is sixty-five percent dog hair. <laughs> oh, I'm itching just thinking about that. I'm really, I'm quite uneasy. And the, We're not um, going back to you and dogs because I think the last time we talked about dogs, you you threatened to kick one in the face or something, and a couple of people in the comments went, Ugh. "Oh, what? Kick so, kick a dog in the face?" Yeah, you said it again. Oh, I know another. There's another car around here which I've noticed, which seems to be a particular favourite, um, and it, it's a bit doggy, but not like collections of dogs. Hmm. It's the very and I like these. I've got a bit of things. A very narrow off roader um, from the say. Late nineties, early two thousands. I think is it is it Daihatsu Terios? Yes, it's extremely narrow. You know, like it's it's pleasantly narrow for for, for narrow back roads. So it, it's fit for purpose. It's the total opposite of a of a, like a a Land, a Land Rover Disco Five. Yeah, um, and I saw one only this morning um, with a, a lady with a quilted gilet on. Oh. It, 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 it had the back seats down, and I suspect that the down, they were down because there's a permanent resident dog there. Yeah, yeah. But it was no, very, very, right. very narrow. Um, very yeah. Narrow. I um, actually, I just because we went on holiday this summer in a Disco Five that I borrowed, um, and I'd forgotten about that car that. Everyone sort of just focuses on its wonky ass now, don't they? They it's do. All everyone is talking about. You go Discovery Five, oh, the one with the wonky ass. Mm. Which the we called in to see some friends of ours, and, and, and my mate came out of his house and went, "Oh, is this the? What's this? Is this?" And I went, "It was the Discovery. It's been out for a few years." And he went, "Is this the one with the wonky ass?" Went, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I tell you what, what a family car! It's really good. Is for, it? Well, because we, you know, we got two kids and we got a dog, which is quite large, and we all went away in it. And, oh, so you um, took the dog with you? Yeah, we went up to the top of Norfolk, which, again, thank God we took a Land Rover, because it's like a bloody Land Rover commercial up there, North Norfolk. You know, yeah. it's a bit posh in places, and it's all it people from, you know, other cities who... London. Are, London, mainly, I suspect. And, yeah, it's at one point, there was a little... Um, a little, I was going to say a little cafe, it wasn't. It was a little delicatessen with a cafe attached <laughs> in the village where uh, we were staying, and there's a playground next to the deli and we also known we as a scrapyard yeah yeah well and we called in there 
on, on our way back from somewhere and we thought we'll let the kids have a little play in the playground where we go and grab a couple of things from the shop and sorry deli and um i counted i think five discovery fives in that car park including the one we had and there were only about 10 cars it was insane and and a lot of um a lot of discovery sports and a lot of um range of sports and a few sorry sport i was gonna say what were you what were you, what were you thinking just then just let forgive me slip Sports. Um, <laughs> is that the one where the wife shouts out? Yeah. Hey, Len, you know, what are, you doing? are you going to get in the sports? sports. Um, oh, sorry, speaking of which, sorry, I'm just, now I'm just doing what I did on our holidays because we um, we also went down to Kent last week for a, a, a night in a, in a teepee, a bit of glamping, which was actually really nice. You know how I hate camping, but it was really good. We took the jag for that one because we didn't have a dog with us and we could get things in the boot. Listen but, um, to you, you're just, you're, just like a, you're just like a non-stop talking overheard in Waitrose at the moment. I know. It's, oh, <laughs> and of course we went down to Kent in the teepee, but we took the jag yeah. that time. And- no, but do you know how Kent? It's like obviously people always go, ah, oh, Essex, you know, Essex, you know, so people who are from the east side of London who've done done all right, you know, retired yeah. cabbies and that. But there's a bit of there's a lot of jingle jangle in Essex. But actually, the jangle travels with the prevailing wind across the Thames Estuary into Kent because <laughs> we we were on the way down there. We stopped it. I don't even know what the town was. I can't remember now. We pulled off the M20, which is one of those weird motorways that you sort of feels made up but um we <laughs> pulled off there feels made up well m20 sounds mean? like something they'd have on casualty they go oh no there's been a big crash on the m20 and you go that's not a real motorway you just put that in the script so that <laughs> it sounds plausible but there is an m20 because i've been on it so everyone knows actually it's the one that goes to the channel tunnel and dover and Shizzle. oh but, um, yeah that one yeah but anyway it's it should have a proper name so no through uh, road effectively it is basically isn't it yeah please do turn around at the end um but the uh, the town where we pulled off the M20, we promised our kids, because it was a holiday, that they could go and have McDonald's. And we, we pulled off to a McDonald's, and, and they had, um, uh, I guess you could sit down, and a big window looking out onto the main road going past. The number of Range Rover Spoo-Wa-Tars <laughs> that I it- saw being driven by rather over-tanned men of a certain age was extraordinary. In the same That's way that it's like the number of discovery sport, uh, discoveries and discovery sports so, I saw in North Norfolk um, was extraordinary. <laughs> I was looking at both of them. I was going, how is Land Rover not the most profitable car company in the whole world? Because they sell a deceptive number of cars to, in specific yeah. pockets of England. Yeah, they do. And then they've got to service and repair all of them. So Yeah, yeah there's, for there's an insane pay. amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you what was I think what was the quote for a full service on my Defender at a, a main dealer was I think Can it you was say it's nearly five hundred quid. Oh God no, it's more than that. I think it, that was a minor service. I think it was was it eight hundred or nine hundred pounds for a major service? Well, for a for a Defender. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You're going to need two things for this. You're going to need a hammer and a screwdriver, and you probably won't use the screwdriver very much. So why are you charging me eight hundred quid for it? They've just they've just filed that under charge them the same as the normal Range Rover, haven't they? Clearly. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's That's weird the, is The actually, Range Rover pulls everything <clears throat> up, I think. I did a double take two days ago because I was just travelling into Taunton and um, a, 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 um, a Huey edition um, Defender pulled in front of me, the same colour as yours, hmm. 15 plate, would it have been? Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah. it was... I, I didn't clock it at first, but it, my dad said... Oh, hang on! Has Richard got the the van version? I went. Oh, oh yeah! God, my dad's on it today. <laughs> wow! He, no- he noticed the the lack of back windows, but it was it. It was a last edition van commercial, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it. Mm. Which was uh, probably a lot of money for a van. Hard top, I think they called it. Well, I think they're about twenty eight grand, maybe. Were I forget they? now. They probably quoted the price with no VAT on it, though, didn't they? Because, you know. Of course, no VAT. No, claimed no. a VAT back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where were we? We were somewhere else before well, this, I, talking about something. Oh, yeah, I still owe another apology. I did the apology to my defender, which I now realise was weird, and thank you for pointing that out. But um, I owe an apology to you as well. Do you? Yeah, because I misled you. Last week, we were talking about how I'd got a new neighbour who'd got an old Toyota Corolla that I was slightly fascinated with because it was tidy for its age yes uh, it's the three door has one. that yeah and you said is it the bug eye and i went oh yeah yeah it is well it's not i was talking out my ass 
I realised <laughs> I'd only seen that car from the rear and the three-quarter, and I guess maybe they didn't change the front wings. So from that angle, it looks like it's got the bug eyes, but this week I finally saw the front, and in fact it's the facelift one, which is slightly more attractive, relatively speaking. Um, so yeah, sorry for misleading you about that and talking nonsense, but the reason that I really bring this up is because um, I had an email in the aftermath of our last podcast uh, from a guy called Greg Hewitt. Hello, Greg. And he says, Dear Smith and Sniff, I was listening to this week's podcast when Mr. Porter drew attention to an ex-reg Toyota Corolla three-door that had recently moved into his street. Upon <laughs> hearing serious? this, I thought to myself... Yeah, seriously, honestly, it's a, it's a, genuine, a genuine email from Greg Hewitt. Uh, Upon hearing this, I thought to myself, a friend of mine has an ex-reg three-door Corolla as someone who pays too much attention to such things is prone to do. Uh, Living in Highgate myself, which is just up the road from where I live, uh, and my friend being local too, I thought, hang on, doesn't he, brackets Richard, live around here? And chalked it up to chance. A moment later it hit me, wait a minute, my friend just moved house too. This felt like too much of a coincidence and I am really curious to see if it is in fact her car you were talking about. She very kindly sent a photo of the car in question and I was wondering if you'd be able to identify it. Well, I looked at the picture, it's taken on my street. Oh, is it? And from the angle, I think it's been taken from the front door of the rented house where the new people have moved in. So Greg has contacted his friend and gone, could you just, could you just take a picture of your car, please? It's, it's well, I, I mean, I, I dread to think how he's explained it, but basically I think he's had to say, someone who lives around your new house uh, is talking about your car on their podcast. And I find that so weird that I think I'm going to have to move... Uh- that's amazing. It makes me slightly uncomfortable that I've inadvertently stalked somebody. Um, but all is not lost, and it's not a completely uh, embarrassing situation because we have fresh information as well about the Corolla. Greg goes on to say, If it is the right car, you guys are indeed correct. The car is a hand-me-down from her grandparents, who owned it from new. Uh, it celebrated you... its 20th birthday this summer and is still going strong. There you go, you see. Yeah. So... At least we've had some closure on that. He's also said, I haven't asked her myself if you could have a go because I find the idea of the awkward cold call too funny. Um, so, That's so. the power of, of, of Smith & Sniff. I feel like the power is, 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 is gaining. Traction is gaining. Yeah, I suppose. I, I find this both excellent and weird at the same time and it's a kind of new emotion in a way. Um, so anyway, well, thank you, Greg, very much for getting in touch. I mean, that is quite weird and brilliant there's a, such a small world that um that you could identify this car and give us some background info on it so um thank you very much for getting in touch also um, it can only be us that that revel in with such excitement at the fact that it it is one of the most dull cars around really it's just it's an ultra reliable as we called it the cockroach and it happens to be three door which is why i suspected oh that's definitely grandparents spec mm. Um, and yeah. sure enough, it, it was grandparents. It really spec. is. From new as well. I mean, that just adds to it. That really makes it. it I love just, it. I love it. The perfect example of a cockroach car. It's it's a family heirloom, practically. Um, anyway, oh, well, I'll, you That's know. That's why if, Toyota are missing a trick. They should have the Patek Philippe watch style <laughs> adverts, whereas you never own a Corolla. You're simply a custodian for the next yeah. generation. You merely keep putting petrol in it for the next generation. That's what it is. P.S. Do remember to check the oil. Yes, exactly. And the washer fluid periodically, yeah. (laughs) But I I actually think that could work for Toyota because it's a given that it's going to be reliable. It's just whether or Mm. not it's interesting enough. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mm. But it's weird, isn't it, how even the most deeply uninteresting car sort of becomes more interesting by dint of its survival capabilities True. slash backstory. Oh, um, 100%. A hundred percent. That's why you get There's, these really undesirable but immaculate low mileage cars that pop up, and we all get giddy about them. Like, wow, look, it's a it's a four door Talbot Horizon that's that's done eight thousand miles from new. Well, nobody really wants a Talbot Horizon, I don't think, but it's done eight thousand miles from new in forty years, and that's the attraction. Oh, shitting heck! We haven't talked about momentous developments in the last two weeks. There are currently two. Talbot Matra Ranchos for sale in the UK. Two? Yeah, and... Out of the four available in... Well, uh, I checked this. Yeah. I checked this on that How Many Left site, and it says there are currently ten ranchos in the UK, and only two are taxed. Only two? The other eight are sawn. Yeah. So 20% of all existing ranchos in Britain are currently for sale. There's that white one, (laughs) which you and I have been sent by well-meaning people for about two weeks now, because everybody who sees it, it's It's, amazing and very sweet that people go, there's a rancho for sale, better send it to those two twats off Smith & Sniff (laughs) and that hubnut guy as well, Ian. We're like the only three people in Britain who are interested. I... I, I, I saw that and it looks mint and I think it's seven and a half thousand quid. And if people don't know what we're talking about, the the Mat the Matra Rancho was a, a French car that um it predates soft roading, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. And it predates this idea of um kind of uh, uh SUVs SUVs that don't necessarily go off road, you just get the high up look and the adventure feeling. Surrounding crossovers, C- C- crossover. the crossover, and and it and it, and they were. I, I suspect one of the most profitable things about them was that they sold the rights to make diecast models like Matchbox toys and um, and the other the other little toys which I've forgotten the name of. Um, yeah, because dinky. I, yeah, it might have been dinky corgis. Because corgi, that's I, it, corgi. Because the false. I've got two of those corgis because I've got my original one from childhood, which is red. But then yeah. I've got a green one in a really battered box that I bought to give to you on your birthday as a backup <laughs> in case the the thing I wanted to give you didn't turn up, which was that Oh, you gave me the class. Yeah, you gave me the 500 SEL. Because that was the car that came out in the year you were born and the Rancho didn't. But I just thought, I'll have a backup Rancho because I know you'll like it. And I've still got that. I shouldn't have told you because I've given it to your birthday next year. I was going to say, you just wait until February. Yeah, because I deliberately haven't opened the box. So I was like, well, this will make a nice gift at some point. Anyway, but yeah, the Rancho with its wheel arch extensions and it had spotlights by the base of the A-pillars. That's right. Fantastically cool and big roof bars and all sorts of bits of cladding. And a, and it's and a stepped yeah. roof, um, like stepped the disco, roof like a disco, like the Discovery. Before had, disco. Yeah, it was ten yeah. years before the Discovery, probably. Yeah, even more, I think. Because I think the Rancho came out in like seventy-seven. I think did it originally? Yeah, um, but it's and, a cool. It's even even when you find out it's not a four-wheel drive and the the engine is just a bit of a simpkery clatterbox mm. you still i think bodily and the the functionality inside of the, the the layout of the seats and everything and that kind of um coachman um seating position i just think it's awesome but the when people send you adverts for them and very rare they are i i keep having to reply to people going i really like ranchos but I would never own one in standard form because the whole attraction for me for a rancho would be to do with it what it probably should have always been, and that would be I would re- I would rest them on it. And I, we've, I think we've had this conversation on a previous Smith and Sniff where I said I've, I've I convinced um, Robert Singer. Um, that I was going to send him one and <laughs> make him do it. Rob at Singer, not Robert Singer. Not Robert. Entirely different. I don't know yeah, who Robert, Robert Singer is. Rob. <laughs> just, a, just a bloke that you met on a bus. Yeah, um, exactly. Rob Dickinson at Singer Porsche cars yeah. in off of yeah. America. Yeah. Um, yeah. Out of out of million pound 
delightful nylon. Well, not, are they a million quid? They probably are if you have a few options on them, aren't they? But, uh, well, you know, by the time you've got a cigarette lighter and a passenger mirror, yeah. We've had the, had the, had the cigarette lighter bespoke wrapped in calves leather to match the steering wheel or something yeah they'll yeah. do anything you want but so essentially you should still buy one of these ranchos but then just put it away until you've got a million quid to be able to have it shipped to california so that rob robert singer well uh, singer can <laughs> have it well, um, have it resting don't it? tell everyone but um you won the lottery no i would tell Damn. everyone i think but i um when I do buy one, I'll buy one from France, and I'll buy one with a doggy engine, and then I. But then it'll, but then be, it'll be left-hand drive. Yeah, but if, I don't mind about that because there's only like two and a half right-hand drive ones left, so I <laughs> would I would feel like they're too precious to to cut up. They, they, there has to be okay, yeah, okay. you know, the, the, the right-hand drive ones have to stay original. But a lefty, you know, the, the only ones you see for sale regularly are on French websites. Not that I know, yeah. honest, <laughs> and um. It's because your wife's the next room. Yes, it's true. It's because my wife's the next room. It's absolutely true. Um, But yeah, I do. I do think they're very, very, very cool. I feel like in the same way that you know, like the the William Towns Lagonda Aston Martin has 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 suddenly captured the spirits of collectors, um, having sat in the doldrums really for decades. Has it? Well, I feel like in the last ten years, people have suddenly woken up and gone. You know, distinctly strange cars should be celebrated, especially when the designers went on to do other stuff. And, yeah, and the Lagonda's one of those, and then the Towns um, Hustler, the sort of strange buggy based upon mini subframes that the same guy designed in the late seventies. He was not a fan of a very visible curve, was he, William Towns? He preferred. A he crisp would have. Edge. There's absolutely no way he would have bought a bubble shaped micro. No, no. Way. Oh God, it would have revolted spat on him. It. He would have yeah. spat on it. It would have hate. And what's that yeah. other really bubble? Was it a Celica? Celica GT4. He oh, would have man. never owned one. Despised it. Well, it's funny, love. He would have liked uh, the uh, early '80s Celica. A lot of straight lines on oh, that. Oh yeah, he loved that. And then they suddenly went bubble, didn't they? And he couldn't stand it. <sighs> yeah. Oh my God, he'd have been furious. Yeah, and and he probably has one of those Williams. Um, you have one of those potting sheds, which I saw recently. There's a neighbour of my mum and dad's that have got one. You know those garden sheds that are sort of designed to look to be potting sheds, and they they look like the front of a of an intercity one two five train. Do you know the ones what? I mean? No, they 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 were really like um, common in the maybe late eighties nineties. Yeah, they're a garden shed which have a have a sort of pointy f- side to them with lots of glass at the top. It's to allow s- you put seed trays down and stuff. Oh, in, okay, right. In the yeah, window. Okay. But it looks like, honestly, I'd like to buy one and paint the top half blue and the bottom half yellow or, or the other way around. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it, would, it would look like a rubbish wooden Intercity 125 tray. But, uh, yeah, I digress. You'll have to Google it when you're not listening to this, but they do exist. I just don't know the name of them. Anyway, just just to um, uh, go back to the Rancho uh, chat, so there's a second one now for sale. Um, oh, no. It's, it, but it, it's insane. It's uh, it's a 1982. Okay. It's in a sort of, sort of, what do you call it, like burnt orange colour. Oh, that's probably the best. It's got... 15,659 miles on it. Oh, and it's right-hand drive? Yeah. Wow. It's right-hand drive. They're asking... Well, I'll, tell you, I'll give you a few more details that are just simply delightful. It's got some stickers in the back window, including... There's loads of pics in this ad, which is great. One from Land's End. It's got the original <laughs> dealer sticker in the back window. A, a sticker from Skegness, so it's been there. So, where, hang on, where's it Where Where's it from? Where's the dealer? Where... where? Uh, it's, it's it's Minories. I never know how to pronounce it. I think it's a Midlands dealer. Okay. Well, so, hang on, I can't, I'm just going to try. Min- Minaris? Minaris. <laughs> I don't know. The number plate is ends in RG. Where's RG? I don't know. I don't know where that. RG is. That's it's got some a... Smurf stickers. It's got loads of stickers in the windows, side windows and the back windows. But it's all just like it's got two. It's been a it's been a well worshipped family car. Um, it's got two of those anti-car sickness strips that everybody finally figured out were bollocks. As in the earthing strips? That yeah. 
I, I, I got a new, new old stock one of those in a box in the garage. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got. I actually by someone on Twitter. I got given two of them because um, they said their late their late grandpa ran a um, motor factors, and they were helping kind of get rid of the the last of the bits that were generally worthless. And they found right. them when I was building my electric drag car. And they said, "Would you like these for a bit of a joke?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll have one." And I fitted one. I fitted one wow. to the back of the drag car just for for lols because it has like a lightning strike on it. Nice. They were cack, weren't they? Yeah, they were cack. <laughs> um, it's got two of those on it, which is lovely. Two. Um, yeah. <laughs> so no car sickness there. Mm-mm. Hang on, before uh, we go any further, Rich, before the you know before because this is like such a drawn out foreplay. Can you, <laughs> can you tell me what the price is? Because well, I was I'm I was building up to that. You just oh, go on, then, go just, on, then you carry on. Carry I on. wanted to tell you, it's got the, the... I mean, the interior looks immaculate. There's various no-smoking signs all over it. So not just an anti, a non-smoker, but a vehemently anti-smoker owned it, I guess. And um, uh, it, there's a picture showing that the tablite has never been used and the ashtray is squeaky clean and all this sort of stuff. The well, seats look so. immaculate, sort of orangey check centres over a creamy beige outer plastic. And it's got, <laughs> it's got the pop-up. Two seats, rear-facing seats in the boot. Of course, it's um, it's it's insanely tidy from the pictures, as you'd expect, because it's only got fifteen thousand odd miles on it. Yeah, but the price is thirteen thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds. Wow! So it's a dealer, I presume. It's a dealer. Yeah, it's a dealer in uh, North Shields in the northeast. So um, bloody hell! I was only up there about two months ago. Oh, you could have, oh, well, I could have is, popped in and just pretended to have been interested and then driven it. Well, yeah, pretend. I mean, yeah. you would have been interested. It's more you're just not interested in paying a considerable sum of money for it. Well, if you're gonna, gonna that sounds that sounds glorious. It's amazing. I've got to say thank you to um, someone on Twitter who alerted us to this or me anyway. I don't know if you were paying attention to that day when they sent it through, but there's someone on uh, Twitter whose username is at Citroen Arcadian, and then their actual name is Citroen Arcadian hyphen Peugeot 205 hyphen Kia Soul. So their, their Twitter handle is basically the cars they own, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's I'm glad thing. I'm glad mine isn't because that no, no. It's <laughs> uh, <that laughs> ringing very... up, going, "You're breaking it. You're breaking the system. We can't accommodate that many characters." Oh no! What are you? Are you worried you're going to go and have a look at this rancho now? If you're yeah, in the that, that's, yeah, that sort of is the problem. Now, I mean, it sounds. On the one hand, though, lots of people because the other one's seven and a half grand, and I think mm. on the one hand that's that seems like an awful lot of money. On the other, it's like find another. Well, when you say well, find exactly. another, it's like well, they are. There's two right-hand drive ranchos for sale, of which there's ten in the in the UK, and the other eight will probably be quite bad, um, and also not for sale. But yeah. um, you think, well, if you really, if I really wanted one, I probably would pay mm. eight or nine grand for one. And find I another. dot com. These two people selling the ranchos could actually get some kind of price fixing cartel going, and it's like just go, well, go on. If you put it for seventy five grand, I'll put mine up for that as well. Oh, I'd love that. We'll smoke out Britain's rancho enthusiasts. <laughs> Um, I've just looked this up. RG is Newcastle's registration. So actually, I guess Minorise Minorise is a, is a northeastern dealer group. Okay, um, but it's been it's been so, to Lands End. It's been to Lands End. It's weird, isn't it? The mileage is so low, considering it seems to have been all over the frigging shop. But I it's, think it's, it's like a progressive grandparent car where they brought they, mm. they bought them new when they were pretty unusual, and they took the grandkids on a couple of interesting holidays. But the other trips they did during the course of the year were very short. And it was clearly garaged. And that's mm. where the Smurf stickers come from. No smoking, I don't really know. I mean, maybe they just, maybe the dealer put them in. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it's good. That's it's a good ruse, that, isn't it? Mm. Never owned by a smoker. Look, look how many no smoking stickers there are. Yeah, but the, 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 all the other stickers just seem a bit odd for a car that's so low mileage. It's not like it's been on that many adventures. Oh, but There's a fabulous sticker in the back window. Uh, that's a circular green cross and it just says this vehicle carries a first aid outfit what which is weird what do you first mean aid outfit? outfit makes it sound like there's a nurse's uniform <laughs> under the passenger seat I mean that's just weird that, that, it sounds like role play not helping you when you're medically yeah. in need <laughs> maybe that's what it is it's a role play car it's a swingers car 
my, well, it'd be quite a good, it'd be quite a good dogging car. Lots of glass glazing around. Oh, I suppose so. Yeah. Not, uh, is it a side opening tailgate or is it a, a no? It's top, top hinge. Top hinge. <laughs> they've made top hinge sound dirty. Just yeah, by they did that song "Dancing that. in the Moonlight," didn't they, or whatever it was called? Um, <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't remember. One final lovely touch. It's got the registration number acid etched into the window glass. Period oh. detail, my friend. You can't beat it. I love all that. I love all that. I, oh, man. There's something very special about buying a car off somebody who's had it a really long time and has completely worshipped it. And the detail is everywhere in the in the, the services, the organisation of the service history, literature... Um, the the way in which the interior has been preserved, the the the, the mm. tool the tool wrap and the spare wheel set up, oh, 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 lovely, oh. That my, my my little Fiat, the the Polsky Fiat that I bought was like that. That was very nice, very nice indeed. A total pleasure. Uh, just one final detail which may may push you over the edge. It's got a tow bar. Looks factory. You could tow a small trailer with it. If there's anybody who wants to sponsor Smith and Sniff out there, instead of asking for actual money, should we yeah, we'll for, just have a rancho a I year, mean, it, please. It might be a little bit easier for us to deal with in terms of accounting. Yeah, we just get. Can we just be gifted in immaculate older cars that aren't actually as desirable as people think? How about that? Would you go with well, that? I'd go with that. The offer's there. Come yeah. on, people. I mean, you know. And then we we'll for us, £13,750 is a lot of money because we don't actually make anything off this podcast at the moment. <laughs> but for a large corporation, <laughs> but we absolute could drop in the ocean. It could be an epic film. We drive up to north, um, to the northeast to get it. I'd like that. We could do a little tour of... Um, we could do a spender tour. We could do a... Um, Barber jacket tour, lots of other northeastern things we can do. Get get Carter tour, and then we can come back. Someone told me something about Get Carter the other day, which completely threw me. What? And I can't. It's a, well, it's a bit of a spoiler. Um, uh, oh, what if you've basically, never seen it? Or basically, there's something that you know when he's on the train going up to Newcastle, yes. Michael Caine's character. Yes. When you watch back, apparently, and I haven't had a chance to do this. There's somebody on the train who is later significant in the film, but you don't know it at the time. Yeah, it's the assassin. Ah, well, I wasn't going to mention that. Oh, well, Rich, the <laughs> film. Spoiler date, alert: the, the film dates from 1970. I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you haven't seen it yet, I, I, I haven't really spoiled it's it. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah, it's, it's like a going, hell of oh, a film. by the way, their brother and sister and and Darth Vader's his dad. It's, uh, well, I mean, if you haven't watched it now, when are you going to watch it? Talk, talk, because Get Carter was the Mark II Cortina uh, sort of hero car, wasn't it? That, that he drove in it when, uh, when, it, when it would have been brand new, I think. Yes. Um, um, yeah, because I guess that film was was it was it yeah I was think it, it was 70, I think it was seventy or seventy one. Yeah, and, and it was the start uh, of the sort. Been. It was the end of the flower power era, and it was the start of the seventies kind of um, dereliction. Yeah, everything went very grey and gritty, didn't it? Yeah. In fact, it's, you could argue that that film was entirely responsible for the 70s. <laughs> or at least the look of the 70s. Yeah, yeah it's true. But but the, it's, oh, where's all the colour gone? Shut up! I blooming um, love that. I love that film. I, I, mm. I um, Weirdly, yesterday I saw a Mark II Cortina, um, and, but, but because I'm in a slightly ley-line-y, um, hippie-ish part of Somerset, it was... All of the chrome had been painted black, and it was like a dark burgundy wine colour four door, and it was being driven by a um, a guy with dreadlocks um, who was topless. and And the thing, <laughs> the thing the thing that really drew my attention uh... to it was the fact that it wasn't even a very warm day yesterday. Yet he was topless <laughs> as the kid. Well, it's not like it's thirty degrees, you know. It's not, you know, he's in an old car, but is the car creating so much heat? Perhaps the heater was jammed on. Yeah, I've had a car with the heater jammed on, so I can feel his pain. But um, can't stop looking at this rancho. There's so many pictures. I want to um, see the interior because that interior kind of tartan, that that really lovely yeah. orangey. Oh, it's brilliant! I'm very attracted to that. To a strip it's very, of that, it's, it's amazing. I've been thinking about yeah. doing something like that uh, in the Allegro. So you sort of you have a bit of a subtle twist on the original seat, but I don't think I can afford the tailoring fees, sadly. <laughs> 
I was going to mention the dealer where this was sale, but I feel like that's just free advertising for them. So if they want us to mention it, they need to give us the rancho. Um, <laughs> Are you trying to hold them? <laughs> yeah, rancho? extorting ranchos out of people now. I tell you what, though, if we if we promise to drive the car around and do some adventures in it for the next twelve months, and they can have a, a, a medium sized sticker on each door, how about Ooh, that? No, I don't want that. They might damage the paint. It looks well, you know, really like tidy. you know, like regional cricket players, they always get yeah, they always, always. get lent at Kia Sorento, don't they? Always. Yeah, always. Or um, uh, my little brother went to school with the son of uh, Asa Hartford, who was a, a footballer in the eighties, played for Man City at the time, and I think he was quite good, but. For well, some reason, he, he was reasonably good. Yeah. Well, I think he was quite good. That's the thing. This is sort of pre-footballers getting silly salaries and 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 living in sort of McMansions and things. He lived in a fairly modest suburban house, and he had a Peugeot three hundred nine with his name on the doors. Oh, yeah, a three hundred nine from Tom Garner Peugeot in Manchester, I think. That's quite. Or maybe cool. County Motors. I can't remember now. Doesn't matter. County Motors. Uh, None of it really matters. Anyway, look, uh, it's been fun to chat, and uh, if you want to see this rancho, I'll put it up on Twitter or something, and people can can have a look at you it. You could put the put if you're listening to this on YouTube, put it in the description. I could do that as well. Yeah, yeah. but I, I I warn you now, Tyne Mouth Select or whatever you're called, you are going to have to at least let us have a go in the rancho. Um, I, I, anyway, I do feel like I need to touch the interior now. And really just, just drink it all in when you open the door. If it smells like Peugeot Tolbert cars used to smell in the early 80s, I will have a proper flashback of the kind of people who've taken massive amounts of acid only usually get. So, um, yeah, interesting. Well, I have to Worth hold you up. Alone, I I'll imagine. have to, I'll have yeah. to Oh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll swoon. I'll swoon, definitely. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's, that's it for another podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you do like this, then um, there's something wrong with you. But also, please do like and subscribe. I have three other pieces of information to share with you. First of all, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called Car Pervert, where he does excellent things. I was just watching your Mark 8 Golf GTI review, by the way. It's very good. Um, I have a book out, if you're very bored. It's called The uh, Medium-Sized Book of Boring Car Trivia by Sniff Petrol. And thirdly, uh, the Ad Blue that is put into modern diesel engines to take nitrous oxide out of the exhausts is made with synthetic ammonia and not actual urea as found in urine. Oh, just a little. I'm just adding. I'm trying to add value again. Is that because it's become um, the the demand for Ablu's become high? There's not enough urine around. Uh, No, it's because the quality of animal urine is too variable, and synthesising it gives a consistent product. Oh. I Are you amazed that I knew that? You go on, admit you're amazed I'm, that I'm I amazed knew that. I'm amazed you knew. That. I'm also a little bit upset because I quite like the <laughs> idea of like using all of of Pig the animal. Piss. Well, I like mm. you know, like if you're going to farm an animal for meat or whatever, you might as well use every single part of it, including its wee wee. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the that's first time, first time I've said wee wee in about thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we end. See ya. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market